Hey, what is going on, everyone? It's me, Mr. Mario, and welcome back to another episode of Mario's Minute. For those who do not know, this is a podcast I do here in addition to my second podcast, but both these I do every month here, and Mod Chat I do at least once a month, I would say. Now, Mod Chat is my main podcast in which I go on there and I talk a little more structured about uh, some things in regards to the world of video game console modding, uh, video game modding in general, and just give kind of my thoughts opinions takes on news there I guess you can say so it's not necessarily a news show but if you want to treat it as such that's more than okay However, what I do here on Mario's Minute is not that at all. I come on here for maybe about an hour from here by myself, and I really just talk about whatever the hell I want to. Uh, sometimes I have a guest on here, sometimes I don't. I do this monthly. I've been doing it for well over five years at this point every month, and it is a nice, fun, therapeutic thing that I enjoy doing and connecting with you all and hanging out. There's not that much effort that goes into it, but it seems like the people who like this show really seem to like it, and I do appreciate you all coming out and listening and watching every single month. Uh, if you are wanting to check this out in a video visual form, it is available on the Mr. Mario 2011 YouTube, Rumble, and Odyssey channels. And if you're wanting to take it around and listen to it audio only, like an actual podcast, and listen to it wherever the hell you want to, then you can look up Mario's Minute on your favorite podcasting app, host, provider, platform, whatever you're going to use. I know it's not available on all of them, but it's available on most of them. So this is going to be the episode for September 2023. And I just have a few kind of rough topics here that I want to talk about spitball overall, I guess we can say. Uh, but the first one here that I want to talk about a little bit was the 10-year anniversary of Grand Theft Auto V. Now, uh, this here is a big and I guess... I feel like shrouded in some negativity as well, too, for several different reasons. Uh, I do want to come right off the bat and say that Grand Theft Auto V is a fantastic game. Uh, definitely one of my favorites up there, uh, one of them of all time, also one of my favorite Grand Theft Auto games. Uh, I think it is a fantastic game. However, there's been a lot that has really plagued the vision of it overall and just kind of how people see it. And I think one big thing about this is overexposure because you have to realize that one of the biggest things with Grand Theft Auto V being 10 years old now at this point is one, wow, the passage of time means nothing now at this point, and two, it's the newest Grand Theft Auto game. <laughs> It's a little disturbing to think about that, especially when people love to look back, understandably so, at the sixth generation of uh, Grand Theft Auto games, where you had, within five years, Grand Theft Auto 3, Grand Theft Auto Vice City, Grand Theft Auto San Andreas. Uh, yeah, you got those three within that, because I want to say Grand Theft Auto Liberty City Stories, that came out in 2006, no? So you could even kind of argue that as well, too, you can even slide uh, Liberty City Stories within there if you want to, uh, but when I'm talking like the mainstay games, uh, you got that phenomenal trilogy right there. Uh, which was then not really treated too well with the Grand Theft Auto, like, Definitive Edition trilogy. I guess thinking of it now, that is technically the last Grand Theft Auto game we've gotten, but I guess in terms of new, like, not a remake or anything, I'm going to say that Grand Theft Auto V is still the last one, most recent one that we got. Uh, on top of that, I mean, you can pretty much play it on any old or new platform, which is nice, but at the same time, we've now had it across three generations, so there is that overexposure as well, too, to it. We've had it on the PC, of course, but also 360, PS3, PS4, Xbox One, uh, Xbox Series, and now PlayStation 5. Uh, it's cool that they have their own native versions all over the place there, uh, but it's 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 a lot of the same game it really is we've gotten the same game released on what seven different platforms now across three generations so i know i sound a little bit pessimistic with this and i will be honest it's been a minute since i've played some grand theft auto 5 i think the last time i was playing it i picked up i got it earlier this year i'm pretty sure and if it wasn't this year it was last year i got it digitally on ps5 because they had it on sale there for ten dollars and i'll say this it's definitely worth $10, especially since it's going to be a native PS5 version, and I mean, it works fine. It runs fine. I know they were going to do, people were a little excited about this, the whole, like, expanded and enhanced version of it, and then they end up just dropping that and just re-release the same game on there because it turns out that the expanded and enhancements wasn't really anything that was worth writing home about, I guess. 
we never got any single player DLC, which was also a really big disappointment coming off of Grand Theft Auto 4, where we got not one, but two incredible expansions on there. And really, all of the DLC has gone towards Grand Theft Auto Online, which has been a lot of the bane of existence for a lot of like real core Grand Theft Auto fans who just want to have a good game that they can mess around with a little bit or just a good single player game to have fun with and do whatever the hell they want to in there and not have to worry about playing online, being at a certain level, any of that. Uh, I'll say for me, I don't really know where Grand Theft Auto Online is in terms of status and such right now. I hear a whole lot of people complain about it, but I haven't touched Grand Theft Auto Online in... Uh, Maybe the last time I played it was with friends in 2016, maybe 2017. So at latest, 2017 was the last time I played Grand Theft Auto Online. But I was there, at least to remember the launch of it, when it first launched on 360 and PS3. And that was interesting, because I guess going back a little bit, I feel like Rockstar did something pretty smart. They let you enjoy the game for a few weeks, because I don't remember if it was a few weeks or if it was like a month or two, but I remember the game ended up coming out on those systems, and they explicitly said that Grand Theft Auto Online was going to come out at a later date, and let's just say it was like a month afterwards. So it was real cool that you get this like incredible single-player experience that is just so well-crafted, so well-done, just such a huge upgrade from any of the older Grand Theft Auto games on there, and truly felt like a nice live breathing city overall that you could really do anything you wanted to in there you could go all over the place you had a whole lot of fun then about let's say a month or so afterwards you end up getting grand theft auto online and i just stuff was happening then that like 10 years ago this is happening right and it would be unacceptable to have now uh, there were people who they could not get into the online component properly. They got into the online component, they couldn't complete the tutorial. When they complete the tutorial, and the tutorial was like an hour or two long from what I remember, they complete it, the game ends up crashing, and all their progress is lost. I had a friend of mine who... I don't mean too much disrespect, I really don't want to... I'm not even going to say his name, man, I love you, dude, but... Uh, he didn't really have too much of a life at that point. And I remember I talked to him once and he was like, yeah, you know, I had like a level 30 character and then that one got corrupted. So then I had like another character I started. It was like a level 45 character and that one corrupted. And then I started another character and he's level 48 right now. And so far it's working. But then I also had another, like a fourth character that got up to like a level 10 and then that one corrupted. And I'm just like, are you kidding me? Like you're putting all this time into this game and you've had multiple characters just get outright corrupted on here. So I remember when all that was happening, I said, you know what? I'm not even touching the online component for at least one month until it is out. And then I did. And thankfully, I never had any of the issues online. I will say maybe my biggest thing was when I went from 360 to Xbox One. You do have one opportunity on there when you do a character transfer to completely overhaul the look of your character. And my character, uh, it looked okay on the Xbox 360, but then on Xbox One, I was really just trying to hop into a game immediately with some of my best friends. So I just said, okay, okay, yeah, sure, that looks good, okay. But then the problem is when you brought my character onto the Xbox One, my character looked very ugly. And there's not really a way that you can reset it. And it even got to the point, I even tried to go human, and I appealed to Rockstar. I contacted Rockstar Game Support, and I essentially wrote them a sob story, and I said, look, I love your game. I've been playing your games for years, right? And when Grand Theft Auto Online came out, yeah, it was a little bit buggy, and I waited a bit, but I very much enjoyed it on 360. And then I ended up getting X, an Xbox One, and I got Grand Theft Auto V on Xbox One, and now one of my best friends finally got an Xbox One, and we want to play online together again. We want to enjoy the next generation experience, and in the hype and excitement of all that, I just decided to click through the character creator, and I brought my character over, and I imported without changing any of the other stuff. And now that I've had some time to play through this, I realized something. Unfortunately, with the look and feel of the new generation of games and you know consoles upon us it's now revealed to me that my character is quite ugly in this game and if possible i would like the opportunity to have my character's looks reset so i can really properly join in on the next generation of grand theft auto games to which rockstar games came back and they were very polite and they said no we're sorry uh we only give you one opportunity during a character transfer from the old to new gen uh so we can't reset your character again we're so sorry uh to which i just said fair enough i'm i guess i'm just gonna be ugly and maybe that's why i never played grand theft auto 5 again <laughs> that's been most of my experience with Grand Theft Auto Online. I did have fun with it back then, um, but 
Uh, I didn't get like super super crazy into it, you know. Uh, but Grand Theft Auto Five itself, uh, I know I've I've played through it from start to finish only one time, and I very much enjoyed it when I played it on the 360. And it was an impressive game to be running on that hardware at that time. Uh, I thought the radio stations were great. I thought Los Santos was an incredible city to go through. I loved the pacing of the game. I loved changing up all the characters. It was an incredible game to go through. Uh, I even had some of my best friends, you know, like like one or two best friends at least, where they weren't really into the Grand Theft Auto games, and I let them try it, and they became fans of Grand Theft Auto V, just trying it out, because it was so different and, you know, pretty well polished at the time for that. Uh, I did play about halfway through it again when I got a PS4, and I did pick up the PS4 version of it because that one, uh, you know, it, it was a nice boost, a nice overhaul. It did look nicer. It did run smoother and also had the first-person view in there. Uh, the thing is I got about halfway through, and then I stopped playing it. And then most recently, like I said, I played Grand Theft Auto V on PS5, and I got maybe... I don't know, at most a quarter of the way through, maybe, possibly, uh, and then I stopped playing it, because I just, um, I guess I got, I, I kind of just lost interest, I really just wanted to try it out on PS5, it was some fun to play, but at the same time, I'm like, well, it's the, it's the same game I remember, you know, and I think maybe that's how it is when people are really against it, and they're really pessimistic about it, I'm not at the point where I'm pessimistic, I think if anything, I'm more annoyed at, you know, how Take-Two has really fallen from grace, you know, all the cease and desists they've done, all of the takedowns they've done of projects, even, you know, suing the RE3 developers, which, if you don't know, that was the giant project where uh, a group of people was reverse engineering Grand Theft Auto 3 and doing a whole re-implementation of it, and then they also did the same with Vice City, and they were working on Vice City Stories, I want to say. I don't know if they were... I I don't know how far they got with Liberty City Stories, but I believe the next one they were going to be working on Vice City Stories. And people were excited about that, and then Rockstar ended up... Or not Rockstar, Take-Two ended up taking the developers to court over it. And uh, they did have a settlement behind closed doors recently, but just a lot of stuff like that has really pushed people's view to be quite negative. Uh, we also had games such as Red Dead Redemption 2 come out where you either have people who love it or just people who didn't really like it all that much. Uh, there's no in-between on there, it seems. And I think Red Dead Online was a thing, and then it wasn't, and it's not really maintained at all, but Grand Theft Auto Online seems to be the big money maker. And again, that's even where all the any effort, I firmly believe any effort towards making single-player DLC uh, was completely abandoned to just wrap it into Grand Theft Auto Online. And I don't remember which online DLC it was, but there was one DLC. There was a huge one that came out within the last two years. And there were people who were saying, this one's actually good. Um, you know, even if you don't like Grand Theft Auto Online, this here is pretty much the offline DLC we should have gotten for Grand Theft Auto V, and this one's actually good. Um, so that's something to me who just, like, as someone I don't want to play Grand Theft Auto Online with, but I guess this is kind of overall how it is with Grand Theft Auto V. It's very much a conversation of, it's not a bad game, it's actually a pretty good game, but, and then you get into all these negatives about it overall. I think a lot of that can be resolved if we just get a new Grand Theft Auto game, you know? Again, not saying Grand Theft Auto 5 is a bad game, but we've had a lot of Grand Theft Auto 5. We've had the same game as the latest edition of Grand Theft Auto for three generations now. And that was cool during the Xbox 360 era, but, I mean, it's crazy to think even during the 360 era, like 360 PS3 era, we got two Grand Theft Auto games. We got four and five. Uh, and that's not even counting the two expansions that came out before, which are huge and real meaty, sub like, substantial expansions on there. Uh, true expansion packs, like some of the last, like, real expansion packs you could really think of back when, um, back when, you know, PC games mainly I'm thinking of had, you know, the main game itself and then you had an expansion. I'm thinking of, like, Warcraft 3 with, four, uh, I think Frozen Throne, that was it, or uh, Diablo 2 with... Uh, I didn't play that much Diablo 2, but I think the Lords of Something, it had a real big ex expansion that everyone said that's the one you have to get. So, uh, happy belated birthday, Grand Theft Auto 5, because uh, I know it's going to be late once this is coming out here, but Grand Theft Auto 6 can, <sighs> hey, that can come soon. I, I, I won't mind Grand Theft Auto 6 coming out soon. <laughs> 
Uh, I did want to talk a little bit about uh, Microsoft and the FTC. So for anybody who does not know, uh, this has been a big thing that was going on where, uh, unless you were kind of hiding under a rock here, uh, Microsoft was going to be acquiring Activision Blizzard, and then the Federal Trade Commission here in the United States was essentially getting involved because they were trying to, you know, see if this would be like fair business and see if... Microsoft could really justify such a huge purpose like this without getting into a whole like antitrust type lawsuit. And from what I see, uh, Rock like Microsoft ended up winning that, so they were able to go forward with you know the acquisition of Activision Blizzard. Uh, I don't really care too much for Activision Blizzard at this point, but that's beside the point here. Uh, there was a leak that came out, which initially it was funny because it seemed that like. The FTC was really trying to paint Microsoft in a bad light, and uh, they were really trying to kind of push public opinion against Microsoft. So a lot of people initially were saying, oh my god, the FTC ended up leaking this, and this looks really bad for Microsoft here. And it actually turns out that no, uh, these were on a server or a site somewhere, and these were internal documents covering future changes, future plans that Microsoft has that Microsoft themselves uploaded for the FTC, but Microsoft didn't secure it properly. So, yes, it was a part of this whole FTC conundrum that these documents got leaked out, but the fault was not the FTC. The fault was actually with Microsoft. And there were a lot of pieces of news that came out about this. I didn't go into really all of them here. I was kind of just looking at the headlights overall, or the highlights, I guess I should say, um, of many things. I know one thing that stuck out to people was that there was a lot of uh, advanced plans for games and such. So, for example, I think there's going to be, at least this is planned, allegedly, there's like a Fallout 3 remaster that's going to be happening within the next few years. Uh, there wasn't any halo plans within the next few years which was a little bit alarming to see uh, but one of them was for the uh, all digital refresh of the xbox series x which seems like it could be happening here and let me even i'm gonna grab a photo of this i'm just gonna pull it up on my screen here real quick let me see ftc uh xbox series x refresh just because I'm more of a visual person, so I need to kind of have a look-see at this here. Here we go. All right, this is what I'm looking at. So it was from a slide there that essentially has this uh, called Brooklyn, which if you thought the Xbox Series X was already ugly and looked like a mini fridge, oh boy, this thing is even uglier and it looks like a trash can. Uh, it says, <laughs> uh, the most powerful Xbox ever, now adorably all digital. Brooklyn will feature 4K Gen 9 console gaming with internal, with more internal storage, faster Wi-Fi, reduced power, a more immersive controller, and a beautiful redesign that elevates the all-digital experience of the Xbox ecosystem, giving our fans more to love. So a beautiful and innovative new design. It, it looks like a trash can, man. I don't know what to tell you. Um, they are going to have internal storage of 2 terabytes, a USB-C front port with power delivery, a all-new, more immersive controller, and it's going to be $4.99. So, interesting to see here. Uh, I do also see they have this, like, panda-type-looking controller where it's kind of doing the two-thirds white, one-third black type thing, kind of like a two-tone finish, and that looks cool overall. Um, but... The big thing about this console refresh, though, is that this is not talking about the Xbox Series S, of course. This is talking about the Xbox Series X. It looks like the price is still going to be the same here, mind you, as if you would get one right now. And while you're going to get some more benefits, like, you know, the extra onboard storage, the better Wi-Fi on there, uh, reduced power consumption, one huge omission here is going to be with the disk drive. And... I hate saying that this is a sign of things to come, man, but it's just so hard to not see this here. Um, I've talked about this a little bit with aesthetics for the PlayStation 5, for example, where I firmly believe the PlayStation 5 was slated to be a console internally. I really feel like it was a console that the plan was to release it as a digital-only edition. And then I feel like pretty late into development... Sony probably looked at the landscape and realized they could not, it was not the time in 2020 to go 
all digital just yet with a mainstay console. So they end up quite literally slapping a disk drive onto the side of it. Like if, if you're unsure of what I'm talking about, just do yourself a favor and look this up. Look up PlayStation 5 and look up PlayStation 5 all digital edition and look at them. Aesthetics wise, the all digital edition, it looks great. It looks pristine. It's nice and even. It is a very pleasing console to the eye. While as then once you look at the standard disc version of the PlayStation 5, you see that they really just took that design and kind of just shoved a disc drive in there and didn't think all too much about it afterwards just from the look of it there. It just doesn't look quite right, and the all-digital edition is more aesthetically pleasing. But now at this point, if this is planned to come out, well, this leaked out 2023, if this is planned to come out 2024, four years have passed, Game Pass is a huge thing that people buy up that is all-digital on there, and it would make sense that there's going to be a lot of people who buy a Xbox Series S or X, excuse me, who never ever touch the disk drive on there. They get their games digitally. They get their games through Game Pass. Or you even see situations of games that get pressed onto disk where there's barely anything on the disk. There's just an executable and the cover art that's needed on there to really verify with the console itself that this is whatever game this is. So you have maybe 100, 200 megabytes worth of data on a 50 gigabyte Blu-ray itself. And then you have the instruction set on there to download the rest of the game, which comes packaged as a, I don't know, 85 gigabyte download as an update. I don't like this. Um, but at the same time, I'm here to admit this, this is probably where things are going. Um, it is so hard for me to even really think about, really think about a future where there's going to be a new generation of systems where there would be a disk drive in there. And I, I'm not saying that to be doom and gloom on here, mind you. Like, I want that to happen. Um, I want disk drives in there. I want cartridge slots in there. I still want physical. But I guess I just see it as... It, it, it's, it's, a, it's a difficult thing to push on there. Um, I don't want it to be that way, but especially uh, I know there's been even some other things where you literally quite go to like you, you can quite literally go to stores like at least here in the US you can go to stores and you'll see you go to Best Buy you go to Walmart there's just not that many physical games that are on sale uh, like you'll literally see just pockets and pockets of just empty rows of games and that's because there's been a lot less physical games that are being pressed that are being distributed like distribution places pressing plants have been shutting down have been really winding down their game production so the future seems like it's going to be all digital uh i mean it is already digital but what i mean is no physical here which i personally dislike as a physical collector as someone who also does care about preservation and you know also someone who i just want to be able to like have my data on something physical and be able to load that up with no issue maybe i don't want to always download all these huge updates you know just to get something playable um but overall I again, I think this is the future. I think we're, this is where things are going to be going. I don't like it. Um, I guess one nice benefit is that this is going to be a mid, uh, allegedly here, if this leak is to be believed, this is going to be a mid-generation refresh. And I'm happy that we're not doing step-ups in power here because this is not going to be more powerful. The Xbox Series X, it's not going to be more powerful than the one that has already come out. Uh, this one here is is still going to be the same one. It's going to have some extra bells and whistles. Like we said, it's going to have the better Bluetooth. It's going to have the better Wi-Fi. It's going to have two terabytes on, of storage internally as opposed to one terabyte of storage. But it's not going to be a Xbox One to Xbox One X update or a PS4 to PS4 Pro update. Uh, I believe even uh, when this generation had released, at least on the Microsoft side, I believe even Phil Spencer had come out at one point and said, uh, yeah, that's it. Don't worry. We're we're not going to be doing like a half step or anything. Like what you see is what you got. You 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 got you got the Series S. You got the Series X. Those are the specs right there. We're sticking with them, uh, and I'm happy that the companies are going to be staying with that. So that's good. That's good overall. I I can't complain about that. But <laughs> there we go. So here's a story I, I've been wanting to share a little bit on here as I uh, grab a drink of water. Excuse me. Uh, here's a story that I've want, been wanting to share with you all. Uh, I, I want to talk about a little bit of my adventures in modding, uh, specifically, I guess, hard modding here it would be. 
because there's been a lot of people who have how do I say? Uh, a lot of people, you know, they've seen like a lot of the hard mods I do uh, with the Xbox 360, with any other system that I do on here, where I'm taking a soldering iron to a system and hopefully doing some cool stuff to it without breaking it. Uh, I do really value the skill set of soldering. It was something that I couldn't do for a while. I was very bad at for a while. I was afraid of for a while. And uh, it is something I hold near and dear to me and something I am proud of that I am not a professional by any means. I do tell people I'm essentially just a hobbyist at best when it comes to my soldering ability, I believe, and like the things that I can do. Uh, but I can generally take things, put them together, and they will be able to work. Uh, so when it comes down to this here, I did want to talk about like my initial times that I had soldered and it, boy, it was not pretty. Uh, maybe I can share some of this, to, you know, instill some confidence in you all while, while you all laugh a little bit, right? So when I was younger, I had always wanted a chipped system of some kind like when i found out about them what you could do but i was sticking with the the software stuff like for example i really wanted a chipped ps1 uh to play thrill kill to play some other games that had not released uh but i couldn't solder i didn't know anyone else who could solder i didn't know where you could find people who would fit a mod chip into a system uh so i just end up using a boot disc and a spring and that mostly worked for the most part. Uh, PlayStation 2, I didn't even know how much harder that would be there. But for the PlayStation 2, same thing. Didn't know anyone there. So I ended up doing the swap trick on that as well. I had a boot disc, uh, swap magic, that was it. I had the boot disc, and I was able to uh, just, you know, do the unlock method on that PS2. Uh, it even got to the point, like, I was just for fun. I would, like, take, you know, like an old credit card, and I knew how to, like, cut that up to shape to use it as an unlock tool. And I was pretty good at figuring that as well. So uh, I was proud of that. However, I always wanted to be able to solder and chip a system. So I remember the first time I ever, ever, ever soldered. I was in eighth grade. I had a exploring technology type class where it was real cool. It was probably my favorite class in middle school where you would go through, you would pick these modules that you would want to do. And then for maybe three or four weeks, each you would work at each module and they had some real cool ones like they had um audio engineering they had video production they had um i think it was like a like like a soapbox car type thing that you build out uh they had web development a it wasn't called soldering but it was some kind of like electrical engineering type thing where you essentially do learn how to solder and uh, bless my teacher on there. You know, he did the best he could with his uh, with his hardware he had there. And I'm sure he knew he wasn't supposed to get nice stuff because he was going to have all these dumb 7th and 8th graders who were going to, you know, be working on this. But the module I had there was like three or four weeks. And it was one where I ended up learning to solder in there for the first time. And I will say, again, props to him. Like, it worked for this, but like... It wasn't properly taught is what I should say, like really looking back now. So essentially, you end up getting a kit with a few things to work with. Like the, it was a one of those like do-it-yourself type kits, right? You end up getting this breakout board where there is a little robot on there on the silk screen. And you have to end up soldering these different LEDs to different parts of the board uh, according to the polarity and such that's on there. Uh, they were through hole, so easy enough to do. And then you had to trim the legs on that. Uh, but it teaches you how to heat up the soldering iron, how to take care of it, uh, then how to actually solder. So uh, it didn't have any of the extra stuff, though. Like there was nothing about desoldering. There was nothing about desoldering braid. Uh, there was absolutely no mention of flux, uh, even for cleaning the soldering iron. Uh, you used a old sponge. <laughs> There's like a little tiny sponge that you would have to go and at the beginning of class for your module, you would turn on the soldering iron because it was one of those Radio Shack ones. So you turn it on and you wait for it to heat up. And as it's heating up, because that thing takes like 15 minutes to heat up to the proper temperature, uh, you then turn it on, you heat it up, you take the little tiny sponge, you go out to the hallway over to where you can either go to the bathroom or you can go to one of the drinking fountains, uh, get it wet with some water, bring it back there. Uh, they did not teach us about flux. Uh, they taught us very, 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 very basic techniques. They didn't teach us how to, you know, avoid bridges, how to desolder anything. Um, what was the other thing they didn't teach? I'm just, I'm thinking back because I think of the stuff I do now and I'm like, dang, that was so all so bad. Oh, like even like 
tinning and like properly cleaning your soldering iron like that was not even really covered in in that much depth but i remember i made my first uh solder joints in there and i think at one point i ended up bridging uh, a couple of pads together but i kind of just used my brain a little bit and i went in with the soldering iron and i was able to separate the solder and i was able to separate it out and then you end up taking like a just a little battery and you have to connect it up to this and there was a switch that you also have to solder onto and if all is said and done you turn on the switch and guess what the leds start blinking the robot starts blinking at you and that was the entire thing you do after like i don't know a couple weeks like two or three weeks in this module it was still cool it was still fun i think each module thinking back now i want to say each module was two weeks that sounds about right so if you take the class uh you should be able to go through four of them because my my middle school i don't know how it, it was for you all my middle school was separated into quarters not semester so every quarter you have different electives and classes so that meant if you take that class you would have four modules per quarter each time you did it so um interesting little thing there uh aside from that though i remember i was able to get it all up and running and that was cool and then i didn't touch a soldering iron for four years and then at one point it was like i graduated did i gra yeah i graduated high school that was it i graduated at that point and uh i went to i was working at a game shop and I was feeling a little bit nostalgic, and I said, you know what? I want to modify my childhood PS1 that my aunt gave me that used to belong to my cousin. And I ordered a Stealth 4 mod chip uh, from some random mod chip site. Came in. I had no idea how to handle all this stuff. Like, I went to Radio Shack back when they were still open, and I dropped some money on, like, a soldering iron and solder. And I didn't know what Flux was, so of course I didn't get Flux. Uh, and I think I got, like, the little sponge as well, too. And I just went in, I, I had isoprene, no, not I I had rubbing alcohol, mind you. I had rubbing alcohol for this thing. And I didn't have any of the proper stuff. I didn't have any of the proper techniques. I was armed with my laptop and images. And I didn't know how to strip the wires on this because the wires on this thing were so long. So what I started doing was I didn't have wire strippers. So I used a lighter to strip back the wire. And there was so much exposed wire on the Stealth 4 chip, right? But I ended up exposing all of these, and then I was able to, you know, figure out, excuse me, I was able to figure out which model PS1 I had. Uh, I had taken it apart. I don't remember which exact one this was, but I remember I took it all apart. Um, I was working at my kitchen counter, and when I was getting the chip installed, uh, I go in, and I'm getting the wires. I, I get the first one kind of placed down, and then the problem is... And I'm sure a lot of people, and, and I know how this is because I've seen people like this. Like, I've, I've seen a lot of people comment this where they try to follow my videos and this thing happens. I take my soldering iron. I take some solder. I, I, I take it to the board, right? Because I'm, I'm wanting to get the wire tacked onto the board with the solder. And the problem is the my soldering iron is melting the solder, but the solder is not flowing onto the motherboard. And I'm, I don't know what to do at that point. I'm like, what is this? I clean up the soldering iron. I try again. It's not flowing. I, I cleaned up. I try again. It's not flowing. I cleaned up. I tried again. It's not flowing. I'm just like, what? This isn't working. This isn't like how it was in eighth grade when I worked on the robot. It's so much different on the on the PlayStation here. And I think I worked on this thing for like three hours, you all, right? I worked on this thing for like two, three hours. Meanwhile, at the same time, my phone was blowing up because I think there was like someone I knew who I'd like dated at one point who had like given my number to someone and then like they were trying to message me to get a hold of them and they were calling me and I'm just like are, I'm like annoyed and I'm pissed off right now and that was not a pretty thing I think I barely got the wires soldered in and then I end up flooding a, a component off the board and I, I didn't know where it went. I didn't know how to put it back on. But I just said, oh, excuse me. Uh, I didn't know how to put that thing back on. But I said, you know what? Most of the wires are on here. If not all of them, let's try this thing. I hooked it up. If I remember correctly, I don't think it displayed a video <laughs> when I hooked that thing up to the TV. And I was so discouraged. And I took down all my soldering stuff. And I took down my PlayStation. All in like a, like a drawer somewhere. I didn't even want to look at this thing. I was, I was disgusted with myself. I was so annoyed. And it sat there for years. 
Um, years later, I finally got when I finally got the urge to really get back into soldering and like try my hand at it because I think about a year later, what happened was I had like a bunch of like jumper wires because I'd finished my first year of college. I had had a bunch of jumper wires I had for a uh, electrical engineering class or computer engineering. That was it. I had for computer engineering class. And I had this kit of all these like wires and I had a bunch of like broken Xbox 360s as a normal person does, I guess at this point. And I picked up some soldering equipment again. This time I knew about flux. I knew about some other stuff. I knew about isopropyl alcohol. And I practiced for a few hours for about a week um, every single night, uh, just uh, soldering wires to random points on the motherboard and just doing these joints. And I felt better about it, but that still didn't really get me anywhere. Uh, It wasn't until maybe a year or two after that. Uh, that's when I started trying to tackle this again. Um, I started doing some small things, but I think maybe the first thing I did, and I still have a video up on it of the channel, is that I finally, I finally installed that Stealth 4 mod chip. The first PlayStation, remember the one that I had my childhood one, which that's also why I tell people, there's like, yeah, I have a 360 and I've never saw it before and I want to try this out and it's my childhood. I'm like, no, don't do it. Don't do it because I've killed my childhood PlayStation and it was not pretty. It did not. It ruined my confidence for years over this man. Um, But I ended up getting that I, I got the chip. I got the system and then I ended up getting a hold of like two or three other cheap PlayStations, right? And I think... <sighs> I think one of them, I ended up messing up somehow. Like, one of them, I don't remember how I messed up. The other one, like, the, the first one, because uh, some of those PlayStations, they have a uh, metal shield on them. And I read somewhere that you could either desolder the metal shield or you can just cut it. And I tried to cut it, and I cut some components off the board. <laughs> Real great success rate here. So that PlayStation number two is toast. Uh, I think I tried a third one at this point, and... I messed that one up somehow as well, too. Uh, then my fourth one, it was like a 90,000, like a 9,000 series. The hardest one that you can do, but that was my only option left at that point. I ended up getting that thing soldered in. Finally, I got that chip soldered in. Against all odds, mind you, because this time around, I upgraded my soldering iron, right? I didn't just have one that you plug in and you turn on, turn on, turn off. That's it. No, 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 no. This one had selectable wattage on there. The problem was I dialed it up and then the actual, like, the actual knob got stuck. So it was running constantly at the highest heat setting. So the problem was I would heat it up and then once it was hot enough, I would start soldering. But then when it got too hot, I had to unplug the thing from the wall and wait for it to cool down and then plug it back in. But sure enough, after like two hours of this, I got that chip soldered in and the PlayStation worked and the chip worked and it all worked. And I was so happy and my work did not look good, but it actually booted. And that broke the spell of bad luck finally after like three years of bad soldering. And I was finally able to do JTAGs and RGH and swapping out DVD drive boards and doing things like that. And it just really opened my horizon and I was doing LED mods and I got addicted to doing this. That was a fun time to finally break past the mold there. And that's why sometimes it's try, try, try again. But also, make sure you're properly equipped. Don't go in overconfident and don't work on things that you care about, which is why I tell people, practice on broken boards. Practice doing uh, junk welds, just soldering wires to random components on a board. Just do stuff like that because that's what you need to do because maybe you realize you don't even like soldering to begin with. So that's how I feel about that overall. That was like my initial adventures in hard modding and then getting to that point. Uh, And now I feel like I can do a pretty decent job at soldering. Again, I still kind of count myself. I don't count myself as a professional. I would say I'm a hobbyist and I would say skill-wise for my soldering, I would say I'm I'm good at it. I'm not great. I'm not excellent. uh, But I'm also not terrible, mind you. I used to be terrible. I used to be bad. I used to be okay, but I'm able to look at my work pretty confidently, especially because I have a microscope now, so I look at it under a microscope, and I could say, oh, that that looks good. Um, and even if somebody looks at my microscopic work and says, oh, this looks like junk, I can say, no, it doesn't, because we have microscopic uh, photos here that show that it is definitely not junk. <laughs> so sometimes it takes all these tries to do it, and I just want to convey and share that with you all. Thank you, Lily. I want to convey and share that with you all because 
sometimes that's just how it is. You're just going to keep failing and you're going to keep failing, but uh, then eventually you're going to get it. And hopefully it sticks at that point. <laughs> oh boy. So uh, I haven't told these stories in a while. Let me um, get one of these out. Uh, you know, I didn't even know about what I was going to be sharing here, right? So for anybody who does not know, um, I do like to share stories from when I worked at a game shop. And it has been months since I've shared one of these. I'm sorry, you all. But for anyone who does not know, I used to work at a video game shop. It was a local like mom and pop video game store. I worked there uh, for half of my time in high school. It was a fun job. It was a job, though, and it was a retail job. So uh, it did have its bad sides to it. Uh, but overall, it's something I do think fondly of, even though I had a lot of dislikes for it at the same time. Uh, I liked the job. I liked the employees. Uh, the general public, I kind of got a bit of a disdain for. And uh, video games, I didn't play for about two years because I was just kind of so annoyed with this, right? Um, so let's see. I, I have one that I'm going to talk about here. I, it's actually going to be maybe three little stories wrapped into one. And it's, it's actually it's all going to be about one guy. Uh, I don't want to say his real name. So we're going to call him Joe. That's his name. Now, Joe was a big gamer overall. He was real big into, he liked soccer games and he was huge into Gears of War. Uh, but the thing is he liked video games a little too much. And, and you're going to see what I'm getting into here. Uh, now, I knew him because of my manager. My manager knew him because my manager used to work at a previous local game shop that is also defunct. Like the shops I'm talking about now, like the three I'm going to talk about, like the old shop and the two that I used to work at because it was two locations, all of them are defunct. They've been closed for several years. Uh, but the thing is, this guy used to come in. He'd be, he, you know, he became friends with my manager. Then when my manager started working at the shop that I eventually worked at, a whole lot of people started going over there because they end up liking him and not the other employees at the old shop because like my manager was the only good person there everyone else was ki kind of mean to be honest and wasn't very good with customer service uh but either way with this guy joe uh he was a older gentleman not like elderly mind you but he was like in his like my manager is in his 20s uh joe is in his 30s and he liked video games quite a bit um i don't remember what his job was i have no idea but I know he was also kind of consistently like moving around here and there. Sometimes he'd have to sell his games and he would buy them back. Sometimes he'd have to sell his Xbox, then he'd, you know, get it back. Um, at one point, though, this is what I'm talking about with him with the video games. He was really big into Gears of War, as I've said now three times. Uh, he was part of a clan on there. I don't think they did anything competitive, but they did like, you know, semi-pro stuff. Like they did online stuff, you know, they all played together. They arranged some like online stuff and they would, you know, play together in that front. And he was good at the game, mind you. I played a little bit of Gears of War 2 with him. He was pretty good. He did dominate me in there, but... Uh, Nice enough guy overall, kind of, sort of, uh, but good at the game is what I'm saying. Either way, I remember there was one night, uh, he comes on, and this guy is a talker, and he will just, like, monopolize the conversation. And he comes in, uh, it's myself, my manager, we're in a party chat on Xbox Live, because we were talking that night, and this guy Joe comes in, and he's just talking about his day, and he's like, oh yeah, there was this, like, blizzard that happened, because it was, like, pretty much blizzard stuff that was happening. He's like, yeah, you know, there was a blizzard, and you know, I decided to go out, and then I walked over to this one shop, and I got a 3 gigger USB drive, and I was like... I, they don't do they don't sell them in three gigabyte increments and he was like why well, I, I don't know like i hooked it up to the computer and it was a three gigger and i was like it's uh, it sounds like a four gigabyte and you format it and he's like yeah I, I don't know it was a three gigger usb and i'm not i'm not saying that incorrectly that is what he was saying there he didn't say gigabyte he was saying gigger <laughs> and uh so he got that he's talking about his usb drive and four gigabytes was huge at the time uh this is probably 2010 or so uh but the thing that I remember, even as a teenager, and just hearing this and being like, what in the hell, dude? Like, what the hell? This, this is where you like video games a little too much. He was, like, proudly talking about this. He had said that I guess he was living with his girlfriend, and his girlfriend got annoyed at him because he she claimed that he was spending all of his time playing on the Xbox 360, and she, he wasn't spending enough time with her. He wasn't giving her enough quality time, enough attention, whatever it was. So he proudly said that his girlfriend essentially gave him an ultimatum and said, it's either me or the Xbox. So he turned off his Xbox, unhooked it, took it with him, and left. <laughs> mm. 
not the not the choice that I would make, and there would probably have to be a lot more talking to go to that point as someone who's been in several relationships here and there. But um, you do you, man. I guess it was a different time then. Uh, there was another story where he ended up, uh, I think there was just a few days he wasn't working and the weather was bad and stuff. So he came into our first location and he was hanging out there with my manager and he ended up buying this soccer game. I, I don't remember what it was, but it was a game on the 360. I want to say it was like some 2008 soccer game. And I remember the cover was like blue of some kind, but I don't remember the actual game because I just didn't pay too much attention to sports games. But he picked a cheap game, right? It was like an 8 or $9 game that we were uh, selling. He ended up buying it, and for whatever reason, he didn't want to stay at home. So we had a 360 there. We had a TV there. We didn't mind him, so we let friends end up like, chilling and playing as long as they didn't play anything too inappropriate, as long as they didn't watch anything inappropriate, and as long as they weren't like a nuisance. And he stayed there from open to close for like three or four days playing this entire game. And he played through the entire soccer game, like an entire campaign, an entire exhibition, whatever the hell you call it. He played through the entire thing. And then he ended up selling the game back to us. Um, probably got like, I don't know, a dollar or two for it or something. Um, but at least that was nice. At least he didn't try to return it. At least he didn't just borrow the game. Uh, that was noble of him, at least, for staying at the store for several days. He ended up buying a game from us, so he gave us business, and then he sold it back to us. Um, so essentially, you know, a rental, in a way, with the money that he lost there. Uh, the last thing was, uh, the other thing with Joe was, at one point, I ended up working at our second store, which is a bigger store. It was in a more, like, open area that got a lot more foot traffic there. And I remember there was one guy who, and I've talked about this guy before. I don't remember the name I gave him. But he was the guy who I worked with him, and there was it was the time there was a bird in the store. There was like one time there was a bird in the store, and he ended up helping to capture the bird. Actually, not even helping. He got he captured the bird and was able to set it free outside. Uh, props to him. And then I was laughing the whole time. And then he was like, "Dude, shut up, shut up, man, shut up, shut up. This thing looks like it's gonna bite me." Um, but there was th this guy was very pessimistic. Uh, this guy uh, was also not the nicest person to get along with. Uh, we got along because, like, I generally got along with everyone for the most part. But still, I also acknowledge this guy had a little bit of an attitude. He was kind of a sour guy. And there was one time, though, he ended up sticking up for me, which I, I thought was I was very I was very happy with. You know, it, it warmed my heart. Because this was, again, a guy who just doesn't like people, doesn't like the world, very apathetic, very pessimistic about everything. But he stood up for me, and it made me feel good. I was like 16, 17 at the time. I'm working at the store, and I remember uh, him and I are opening. And then he said, hey, dude, I can you handle the store? I'm going to go out and smoke a cigarette. I said, cool, you, you go out and smoke a cigarette. He goes out. He starts smoking. Mark comes up. And they're out there talking for like, I don't know, five minutes or something. And then he comes in. And Mark is there, not causing any issues, no nuisance or anything. Everything's fine. And then he leaves after a bit. And then my coworker ended up telling me that apparently Mark came up to him. And the first thing he says to him is, hey, what's up with that guy with all the hair? Uh, talking about me. Because I had some, I guess, long-ish hair at that point. And my coworker essentially says, what, you mean, you mean Mario? yeah what about him he's a cool guy like yeah i get it he's he's young he's a teenager but he's actually a cool guy and he knows his stuff and you shouldn't just discount him like you should talk to him he's actually a good dude like he's not just some annoying teenager and that made me feel a little good and i remember i went home that night and i talked with my mom about it and my mom gave this really weird look and she was like hey is joe bald I said, yeah, Joe is bald. She's like, okay, that makes sense as to why he would comment about your hair. <laughs> so there's the stories uh, of Joe. You, you got three in one there, right, for the game store stories. But we we had some characters there. We had we had some funny people overall. So um, Joe, I, I don't know where that guy is. I haven't heard about him in years. Um, maybe one last thing I can add to this is like at one point when he was moving off of Xbox 360, he had... It was like, it was like, he was the talk of the town with this. Like he was telling everyone who would, who had an ear that would listen, not even a pair of ears, anyone who had an ear that would listen, that he was done with the 360 and he was going to sell it and he was going to move to PS3. Then he moved to the PS3 
And then he ended up selling the PS3 later and he went back to the Xbox 360. He would tell everybody uh, that would listen that the PS3 was pretty much like a polished turd. Like, yeah, you could polish it, but it's still a turd. That was his opinion of it. Uh, he just loved the 360 that much. Again, like I said with the first story, that when the girlfriend says it's either me or the 360, he takes a 360 with him and he brags about it. <laughs> uh, I did want to talk about here uh, what games I'm currently playing. So uh, I haven't been playing all too much in all honesty. Well, I did recently. A friend and I, I think I talked about this at one point. We ended up finishing Saints Row the Third. We played it on Switch. That was our co-op game we were playing. So we've now started playing Saints Row 4, and we've been having a good time with that, still on the Switch. I've decided to start replaying Murder by Numbers, which is a really cool and like unique puzzle game. It's not just like a number game by itself, it's not a Sudoku game by any means, but it is a cute uh, visual novel mystery type game that's also funny and is a really cool unique numbers game. I'd recommend giving it a shot if that kind of sounds a little bit up your alley. Uh, I am still playing Ring Fit Adventure, uh, still having a lot of fun with that. Uh, and I did put this cartridge back in because I do want to replay this here soon. Uh, I am planning to start replaying Donut County here soon. Uh, absolutely love that game, so that would definitely be a fun one to check out. Man, uh, you know, I... Excuse me, you know, I think we're just coming to the end here because my voice is just not having it at this point. But those have been the games that I've been playing here. Uh, but overall, you know, we're going to cut this episode a little bit short. Typically, I try to keep it at about an hour. This time, we're going to be coming in just under an hour. But I hope you all enjoyed this episode of Mario's Minute. I hope you all had a fun time listening and watching. And I will say that typically at the end here, I like to pick a keyword or a key phrase. And if you use that keyword or key phrase in a comment on the video upload here, I'll know that you've made it to the end of this episode. Now, typically I like to pick something on my desk and then I use that as a keyword or key phrase. And how about ruler? Do you have a ruler lying around like I do? Do you use rulers for measuring? How big is the ruler that you have? I will say on my desk, for example, I have a six inch ruler that I end up not sponsored at this video right now at least but like PCB way shout out to them they did send me a ruler in like a little goodie bag and like this thing is cool I'm going to show it in like an upcoming video here at one point for another unrelated thing uh, but it's cool having this ruler it's very useful it looks cool uh, it lets me measure things I like it so uh, if you use the word ruler in your comment on the video upload I know that you've made it to the end of this episode Anyways, that is about it for this episode of Mario's Minute. I hope you did enjoy it. I hope it was entertaining. If you did like it, a like would absolutely be appreciated. If you didn't like it, a dislike is fine as well, too. But as I always say, this is Mr. Mario signing off. Thank you all for listening and watching, everyone. And until next month.